0: In this episode, I'm happy to have uh, with me my guest, Matt Bloom. Oh, hello. (laughs) (laughs) And Michelle Anderson. Hi. So Matt is our Pinellas County Schools 9-12 content specialist, and Michelle is our K-8 content specialist for social studies. So in this episode... episode we're going to be talking about how and if technology plays a role in social studies uh, instruction and before we get into our show though I'm going to give each of our guests an opportunity to provide you with a little background about who they are and what it is that they do so who'd like to start
1: I'm Michelle Anderson, and this is my 20th year. I'm coming into my 20th year in education. I was 15 years in the classroom, middle school social studies, and now I've been in this position coming into my fifth year.
2: I'm Matt Bloom. I'm the high school social studies specialist. Um, This is year 15 for me, and I actually spent a lot of my teaching time in South Florida in Palm Beach County teaching a myriad of different uh, courses in high school social studies before moving back home to take on the role of the social studies specialist here. Okay. So social
0: studies for those that, you know, we're being really formal, but it's really a lot about history and, and government. And, um, there's lots and lots of things going on currently. Um, but we're not really here to, to hash up all of that. What I want to begin with is by asking you guys, um, how have you seen social studies instruction change or evolve historically?
1: So I'll start. Um, and I'm first going to start with social studies is about humans. So anything about humans, that's what social studies is. It's how we work together, how we live together, how we create communities, how we destroy communities. Um, it's just all about humanity. And so how how has social studies changed Um, I'd I'd like to talk about what what we like to see in social studies classrooms today, which is a hands-on approach to learning and being very much inquiry-based and inquiry-driven and getting students to work like a historian, which means getting them involved in looking at and analyzing primary sources and using historical thinking skills.
2: I think some of the methods have changed over time, but like Michelle said, that idea of developing critical thinkers who can think like a historian around primary and secondary sources and kind of get in and hands on on those on those documents to help explore and understand history or culture, um, whatever the topic is that falls within social studies.
0: Okay. It's unique. I've, I've never heard social studies defined in quite that way where... Uh, it's the study of just humans and everything that humans do so that, that really broadens um, the scope of, of social studies instruction, right? With such a, a, a broad paintbrush. Um, I know you mentioned some. Are there other components of quality social studies instruction?
1: Well, it really is about putting learning into the hands of the students. So giving them uh, good questions to be thinking about and to be looking at how to to answer, getting students to come up with the questions that drive them to want to learn more and then giving them the space to go and and do that.
0: So uh, we'd be amiss if we didn't mention it because we are still living it, right? COVID-19, right? Big impact on the world. Uh, that's why it's called a pandemic. And, but here uh, in education, it has also had a significant impact on the way our kids learn and the way our teachers instruct. How have you seen uh, COVID-19 impact the social studies classroom as far as
2: instruction? I think in some ways, dealing with it made some of the collaborative pieces a little bit more difficult for students to address or teachers to address. And I think that we've also, though, seen that shift towards teachers branching out into the types of technology they use to deliver instruction and then being able to widen the net of resources and tools that they use to engage students in that. And, you know, we always have students that are a math student or a science student and a social studies student. And so, when we have the some of the techno- technological tools, like Michelle mentioned previously, where you can have students generate their own questions, then you really get to help engage them in that deeper thinking about things that they're interested in. And that's sometimes the thing that people miss about social studies. Because it's so broad, I can ask a lot of different questions and, and go off in a lot of different directions for research to engage in the things that I'm interested in. So I think there's there's been obviously some challenges and there's been some some successes as well that we've been forced to grow through.
1: And I just to branch off of that, I I do think that our teachers spent a, a lot of time trying to figure out how do I continue doing what I was doing in the classroom that was working so well in this new space where I have to reach kids that are at home, and and yet I also have kids that are here in the classroom with me. And so I think they did explore a lot of different tools that they wouldn't have had to otherwise. And the hope is that we, um, those things that did work well, we continue to use and we don't just put it back up on a shelf because that simultaneous learning is over. Now I have kids back in the classroom with me. We want to make sure that the things that we discovered and that were worked well, continue to be used.
0: Okay, excellent. Matt, you mentioned uh, technology a little bit in your response about uh, COVID's impact. There's a, COVID is just one of numerous things that's occurring in society. Uh, You know, there's the, uh, sorry, (laughs) the um, things going on in like third world countries like Haiti with the Loss of their—I don't want to say dictator because their president, their president. But then
1: also the earthquake that happened, right? And the earthquake,
0: and with us redefining social studies as the the study of humans, right? All of this is now front and center. Current events. I mean, it's like um, every—you know—there is something going on everywhere, all the time, constantly. And now we are at a point in society where technology is pretty rampant, right? There's it's everywhere we've talked about on our, this show, Pinellas County Schools uh, push to, you know, provide every student with a, a device so that they can have the technology on their hand, Bridge, you know, effort to bridge the uh, digital divide, is it's so called. Um, but for what i'm trying to get to is um how has or is there an opportunity for our social studies educators to now take this available technology and utilize it to to help teach or keep up with all of the the evolving nature of humanity
2: uh i think absolutely and actually You know, we can share some examples with that, but Michelle has done a great job in leading the way with developing or taking some resources and and transferring them and making them into new things to help students with that civic online reasoning piece. And I think that's something that goes to part of your question about the current events and, and how do we do research when we have all this technology available to us and all of this information available to us. That's something that Michelle has been working on that I think is interesting for teachers with in that opportunity for technology or using technology, the things you have to be considerate of.
1: Right. So you can walk into a U.S. history classroom, as I did just last week, and you'll see students that were given the task of, um, you know, maybe learning more about the acts of parliament that led to the Revolutionary War. And so, you know, one group of students were asked to find out more about the Stamp Act and another group, the Sugar Act and so on. And so, but that could be as much instruction as they're given. But they have a device in front of them. So they can use a textbook, they can use their computer, and that is great. Differentiation of getting students to learn about a topic in in different ways, that's great. But how are we helping support them to use that technology piece appropriately? So if I type in the Stamp Act, I'm going to find a ton of sources that are appropriate to use or or that aren't inappropriate to use, but are they all good, right? So how are we helping students evaluate the resources that they're finding online? Or are we just turning them loose and saying, all right, Google, go go to town, Um, show me what you can find. So um, differentiation of getting students to learn about the content in different ways from different kinds of sources, and different ways of presenting information is all great, but how are we supporting them to do that safely and to make sure that they're becoming critical readers of what they find online? And that's where, um, you know, one of our tools comes from the Stanford History Education Group, or SHEG for short, they have an entire platform of lesson plans for teachers on online civic reasoning. And so it is helping students to learn how to go online safely, to evaluate sources, to ask the questions they need to ask, um, to make sure that the sources they're, they're coming up and finding are going to be helpful to them. And getting them to ask all those good kinds of questions like, um, are we teaching students to be aware and critical readers online? Are we helping them shape their search terms? So it's not just, you know, Google, go find everything. How can we be more pointed and focused so that we find the things that are really useful to us? How do we teach them to evaluate sources? Did I find a fifth graders PowerPoint on the Stamp Act? Or did I find something that really is good for me to use and learn from? Um, And then also, how are we teaching them to be safe online? Um, So all of those things do fit within social studies because we do tend to be the subject area where we want kids to go to ask questions and they'll go then go find those sources and do that research, Um, but we have to be really careful um, and supportive of kids as they start to do those things.
0: Wow, because both you and Matt kept touching on or, or keep bringing back the part of having students do their own research. It's great to hear that not only are the students being asked to do their research, but teachers are actually teaching them how to evaluate uh sources and how to do appropriate you know what is appropriate and, and you mentioned is this a fifth graders powerpoint on the stamp act versus a legitimate uh, resource that i can use to uh you know quote and cite and and pull information from so it's great to hear that that's going on in the social studies classroom um what are some examples of other pieces of technology that are being utilized within the uh, social studies classroom to enhance instruction?
2: For my high school folks, one of the things that we've really tried to to work towards and support them on is um, using Nearpod. It was such a great platform that allows social studies teachers to do um, digitally a lot of the things that we try to do in classrooms, and, and there's a lot of features to engage kids in discussions or get their thoughts and their ideas in different ways and i think that's been something that the social studies teachers have been great about working through because you can have that teacher-led near pod that still facilitates those individual pieces or you can have those independent student work if, if something if a student needs more of a tailored focus for some kind of topic and so I think that that has been great for supporting discussions and conversations because of some of those features where it takes the pressure off an individual student, where they can respond openly to a question and think critically about the information that they've been presented with, uh, that they've you know researched themselves or that they've reviewed themselves. And then um, Canvas has been great, along with Performance Matters teachers being able to get into those a little bit more throughout the pandemic because they provide those quick opportunities for formative or summative checks. That then can turn quickly into some other avenue for students to review or remediate and push that out to individual students or individual groups of students has been something that my teachers have been really exploring, exploring and then challenging myself and and our staff developer, Jessica, with trying to create or modify or enhance so that they can do all of those things quickly um, and 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 better.
1: Yeah, to follow up on that too, I think when you have something, when you have an LMS like Canvas and it gives you the opportunity for students to be able to find your materials wherever they happen to be, whatever time they want to be engaging with it, you open the door for more, um, to allow the student to have more latitude of engaging with with your course. Um, I think it also gives more opportunities for collaboration than we might think right off the bat. You know, I think Sometimes teachers look at Canvas as a way to just warehouse all of the things that they do in the classroom. But if you look at all of the different, like, really amazing things that Canvas can do, um, it can open the door for more student collaboration where um, you know we're still in a pandemic and we tend to see in the classroom less student collaboration. Um, but with a resource like Canvas that can um, keep kids creating, keep them applying what they're learning in, in new ways, and um, finding different ways to report out what they've learned.
2: And I like, too, within Canvas, it's so many opportunities for differentiation because I can post an article and I can post questions or a series of articles and, and I can post questions and then... Sure, a student can can type out their responses, but they could also video record themselves or audio record themselves. And so a student who feels comfortable with the information but may not as comfortable writing, that's something that can be worked on, that skill can be worked on, but they can still get that information out to the teacher and recording themselves. And and I remember doing that with teachers for our district wide training where we allowed them to like pick the option of of typing in responses to questions and feedback or video recording themselves and watching the teachers try it out themselves and even openly talking about that as they responded to the questions was really neat to see like this was an opportunity that they can hear from or see that they can use. And then they can immediately give feedback to those students. I think is really neat and something that, that as Michelle said, hopefully we continue to work towards implementing and don't just put back on the shelf now that we're in a more traditional space. Um, outside of what we were dealing with last year. So
0: there's a perception and an inaccurate perception probably that the social studies teacher is that long-term 30 year vet that, you know, uh, is been in the classroom forever and has been teaching the same way and will continue to teach the same way. Uh, Again, like I said, this it's a perception, and I, I believe it's an inaccurate perception. Because when I was a high school math teacher, there were some uh, social studies teachers that you know they were not thirty year vets, and they did have some some new ways of thinking and some innovative uh, classroom instruction techniques. However, every subject area does have those you know those thirty year vets or those brand new teachers who are still looking to find you know their method of teaching what would you say to those social studies educators for them to embrace the use of technology for instruction
2: i think one of the things that social studies teachers love to do regardless of your individual style is try and help the students connect with the histories or the stories that you're that you're teaching that the students are learning about and i think that The technology or use of different technologies has allowed us to bring the students some more authentic sources where I can easily be able to embed a video of a speech instead of just reading the speech. And so now it's not I'm not worried about how I can engage kids in. And so using technology to ramp up their interest by being able to access sources that helps the student visualize or connect on a different level um, the history rather than me just, you know, maybe showing a couple photos and, and, and talking about it for a few minutes, but getting the chance to, to bring in some of those pieces, you know, like old presidential speeches or debates or uh, different events that have occurred throughout history, being able to see authentic footage for that or hear um, testimonials from that. I think that that increase in technology, not just in the education system but in different museums that at the same time realized that they weren't able to open during the pandemic so how do they still engage folks in the in the history that they have stored within their own walls that they've collected and curated i think you have that idea that access to now virtual tours that continue without and so now time and space are not as big of a detractor from being able to engage kids in those things because i can pre-record something, or I can schedule something in advance, and I don't need that person to physically be in the room for me. We've been leveraging that with teachers, and I think teachers are starting to see that they can do that same thing with their students. Um, so I think that's one of, the, one of the reasons to embrace it, is because you can connect students to a wide array of people, places, events, and times, leveraging all the different programs that are out there.
1: And social studies tends to be the area where we do the most field trips, uh, because we we recognize the importance of being in the place where the things have happened uh, to really help kids envision uh, what has happened in the past. And I think with the pandemic, as Matt was saying, museums realized, well, we, we can't just shut her up. We're an institution that's about learning as well. So how do we get kids and uh, and the public to be able to still interact with us, even though they can't come here in person. And I think leveraging that, I, I don't think the museums and I don't think the historical places are going to shut those avenues that they opened to have people be able to visit with them virtually. I'm hoping that that not only will continue, but continue to expand so that our teachers and our students will have even more opportunities uh, to be able to virtually visit those spaces where um Perhaps in previous uh, previous years, <laughs> prior to COVID, um, only certain groups of kids would be able to access those places in person. Um, now everybody um, could be able to access those places virtually.
0: Yeah, so some equity mm-hmm. in absolutely. In the use of technology in the social studies classroom. Um, for our listeners, I hope uh, this has been as insightful for you as it Has been for me, especially just my redefining of what the social studies is all about, right? You're going to keep
1: that in that I corrected you.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm glad because, um, you know, people really, you know, we don't know and we have these ideals that, you know, if we didn't bring in the people who are considered the experts in the field, you know, then we would never get that correction. And so, you know, knowing that is not just history, it's, it's the study of, of humans and That's all right. that humans do, you know. So, and I'm sure, you know, I, I consider myself slightly educated. And so if I've had this misconception, I'm sure, you know, thousands of people. We do also tend to stay have in our lanes, don't we? We do, yeah. <laughs> we do. But I, I really, and so I want to thank you both for being here and, and sharing uh that and then hopefully you know we can get you on for another show you know we joked a little bit about controversy you know social studies because it is (laughs) the the study of humans you know um we can have a, a a different conversation but for now we're going to wrap this show and i'm gonna again thank you both for being here And for our listeners, thank you as always for tuning in. Remember to like, subscribe, and share our podcast. Thank you.